and welcome back to Pierre Pressure Podcast. My name is Pierre. This is my podcast. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is a little different, kind of special. I had two people in here at the same time, Roman Elsner and Fa Ventilato. They're good friends of mine that I've known since about 1996 when they moved to New York. And we've been in bands together and we've done things together. And they've been good friends since they were little kids. They're both from Switzerland. They moved to New York in 96. And they've been in a bunch of separate musical projects, but also projects together. Roman Elsner is a singer, songwriter, guitar player. He has had his own project called The Roman Games and different incarnations of that for years and years and is also a solo performer. Faventilato started out as a drummer in Switzerland. He was in a band called The Soul Lizards, a bunch of other bands which we'll talk about. Then he moved to New York. He was in a great band called Halcyon. We were in a band together for a little moment called Mellomane. And then Fa basically walked away from the drums at one point and started just doing electronic type music, uh, sampling, uh, other techniques that he invented that are amazing that he's going to talk about during the interview, and a lot of really interesting artistic projects, and artistic and musical projects. So we'll hear all about that. Roman and Fa uh, have been friends for a really long time, and their interaction is pretty hilarious and pretty in- enlightening. So we had a really good time in the studio talking, making music, and they brought their band. We did a live song with a very large band, so you'll hear that, including Whistling Choir. Stay tuned for all that stuff. It's a long episode, but well worth it. And I hope you enjoy my interview with Roman Elsner and Fa Ventilato. Enjoy. 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 Well, what's going on in my world, but that's all. Hey, well, that's what I want to know. What's going on in your world? Faventilato and Roman Elsner. We're, we're starting. All right. How's it going? going to be fun, fun, or just fun? Um, Pierre pressure. Somewhere in between. Can, Can you feel, you feel the, pressure? the pressure? Yes. Fa and Roman. You guys are Swiss, and you've been living in America for a long time. Long. How many? Well, let's start by. Can you tell me how long you've been? Living in the States? Far you start, you came before me. Well, <laughs> um, 96, uh, April. <clears throat> you came from um, where in Switzerland to where in, in America? Right, I was, uh, I was born and raised in the, in the valley of the Rhine, uh, Rheintal, and in the east part of north <coughs> Switzerland. So it was a little town, Balgach, and then I moved to Rorschach, which is at the lake of uh, Constance, like Bodensee. And this is uh, where I and Roman had uh, way more opportunities to hang and to notice each other because we were neighbors. In Switzerland, and, uh, and that's then, when you guys met? Right. Yeah. And then from there, New York. So when you guys were in Switzerland, did you play music together? Right. Yes. Yeah. In what project? Right. Well, basically the Roman games, right? The That's Roman the first games, right. time we played together. And Swin- right. Rorschach had a, a nice little punk or new wave scene. Yeah. It's a dirty little industrial town that was much bigger in the 60s and the 70s and then in the 80s and the 90s. All the rich people moved away and all the poor people stayed in the city. So it had this 
CD thing, bad weather and CD people. Kind of like the, Manchester the culture. or something. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Manchester. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> the Manchester of Switzerland. The tiny miniature, miniature Manchester. Not in my world, but it's all right. Yeah. But so, what were you guys? So you're doing Roman games and you're playing drums, right? And I Roman, you right. were writing songs and singing, yeah, mm -hmm. making records. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask you guys to go back and tell me what your first instrument was that you learned and when you started like learning an instrument as children? Well, the very first one you have, you kind of before you have to, uh, before you can switch to another instrument, you have to learn the recorder. Oh yeah, you have <laughs> to. Everybody in to. Switzerland. Yes. Is that a, a thing? It's a law. I mean, it's just it's, how it starts. It's in the public schools, you know. Like you want to play an instrument, okay? Let us see how you can play or what you do with a recorder. Then, when your fingers are longer, you can choose the next instrument. So my next instrument was the guitar. Oh, okay. What age? Eight, seven, oh, okay. or eight. Wow, early. So recorder was like little when you were how old? Six, seven. Okay. Did you do recorder too, five? I said eight, but way later in my in my case it was the drum from the very beginning. Oh yeah. I said yeah. I started to play already as a boy because I don't know. I've seen it somewhere, and then I copied it. Played them in bed, and then I had different pillows. Oh, really? With, with sticks? With sticks, yeah. It really? Yeah, it was like some sticks that they were used uh, to play uh, sort of like a, uh, a polo on the grass. So they had these wooden sticks. Oh, like um, like uh, croquet? No. Not. You know, like um, you know that you have to hit the ball. Yeah, isn't that croquet? And then it, it goes through. Some yeah, a wicket. You know. That's called croquet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Some. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, so you had so the like the sticks. sticks. Yeah, those sticks. Like the big long ones. They're pretty long. No, they just pretty much just like a drumstick. Oh, nice. And then yeah, they, they were like perfect. One was red and the other one was green, and and I I could. My dad had this little uh, 45 inch record player. Yeah. In Italian, it was called uh, Giradischi. Yeah. You know, Manja record player, right? Yeah, and Manja, Manja Dischi? Yeah, that's like the it one that the eats the records and then they go in. And, you know, <laughs> really? Then yeah, so Manja he had. Dischi. So I was I was obsessed with uh, with with record players. I really really did. Yeah. So I would play drums along whenever I was here, and I I could already play drums before I sat behind the drum. Wow. I already knew. And you had your drum, your pillow drum set. Totally. So it and had it, like how many pillows? Uh, mostly like three. Yeah. Kicks, and then yeah. and then I had like this this carpet this uh, Spanteppich, so that was my snare. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was the loudest, but everything else was soft, and so my parents would allow me to to you know to do something. What what so records were you playing along with? Uh, the the one that it's, believe it or not, it was actually uh, Adriano Beatles. Okay. You know, like Obladi Oblada, yeah. and then uh, and then back in the USSR. Well, the White Album. Right. Yeah. But it was only a forty-five. Inch. Oh, forty-five. So it was a single. It was those it was two a songs. Single and it was a caught apple. You know. Yeah, yeah. Apple, apple records. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but but of course, uh, tons of like stuff from my dad, like more tarantelles and Italian style. Yeah. And 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 children's stories. Like I love them. You're playing drums with children's stories. No, no. I'm just saying that oh, was like okay. influence besides music. You know. You had records of children's stories. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
some fairy tales yeah. in Italian, super sad ones, brutal. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the European fairy tales are very sad and scary. <laughs> they are. Like, I can't read them for my kids, they're yeah. too scary. <laughs> the French ones, someone always dies or gets maimed or hurt very badly, right? It seems like something horrible always happens to a child. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, pillow drums. I didn't know that. That's 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 cool. So then, when you did you finally get a drum set? At some yeah. Point? I I my cousin had one, <clears throat> and somehow I I got my fingers on it, and then it disappeared again. And then way later, uh, I had some some friends in my early teens, like we, you know, mm-hmm. they already had a drum. So I was like. So come play. <laughs> Go crazy. <laughs> he had a drum and he couldn't play, right? <laughs> he had a set, he couldn't play, yeah. and you had your pillow practice down. Totally. Down. I was That's amazing. I, I you know, I did like yeah. Like when you sat down to a drum set, did you feel like, Oh, I can do this? Like I know how to No, do I this. knew already how it, yes. Yeah. Really. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Roman, you um Switch to guitar at what eight? So early. Yeah, well, I had hard as a little kid to. Yeah, I I have an older brother, and he gave me a chord each week. Oh really? As soon as I could play the chord, nice and neat, he would give me the next next one. So I I learned really early on. That's cool. uh, Yeah, and there's this Swiss singer songwriter, kind of like Georges Brassens in France, uh, Mani Matto Mm -hmm. in. In, in a Swiss dialect and I wanted to write songs like him so I started writing songs when I was 8 or 9 so what was your first song? do you remember? yeah it's about a, a middle class family called Mayo and uh, it's about what they do you know what the little boy does What the you remember it? it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah what was it called? Mayo's it's Ma- Mayo's yeah. and you like could you play it still today to this day? Here we go. Maria's wohnet im zweiten Stock, in einem ganzen großen Block. Ihren ältesten Sohn hat am liebsten Rock. Angst und Klingeln macht wie jeden Tag. Der zweite Tock am Kinderwagen fahren und schaut auch noch nicht aufgefahren. Yeah, well, that's amazing. <laughs> that's great. We what can, is it about? Can. What are they talking? It's social commentary about the Myers and their life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And wait, how old were you when you wrote that? Eight or nine. Really? I Seriously? So, yeah. You had the finger picking and all that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's amazing. Eight or nine. Wow. It, wow. I heard it. I'm right. impressed, man. Right, me. And now I'm depressed. <laughs> you, you should have you should have played pillow drums I yeah you should have played pillow drums that, that song needs pillow drums yeah. <laughs> true. you see we would have perfectly matched oh my god you guys would have been yeah oh. alright so wow eight and then you're doing that and then when did you start a band when did you do first like play with other people um well, like what you would call college when I came to gymnasium. Yeah. 
that was like I knew wow now you're going to the school now here you're gonna find people who play keyboards and drums and yeah. instruments where was that uh, that was in the Rhine Valley close to where far yeah grew up and yeah we, we started the band really early on did you guys start <laughs> one together no nope. you started uh, one Roman without far when you first got to Yes, we. I mean, my, the the coolest dude in my class. He wanted to start a band. He called it the Perfume Garden. Ooh. So that tells you about what kind of music we were in at that uh, time. Psychedelic or something. Doors. Okay. Yeah, stuff like that. Illegal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, Perfume Garden, and then, um, when did you guys? Is this before? Were you guys already friends at this time? Roman and not, not really friends. But, but you knew we, each we other. We knew of each other, yeah. Because we had we had mutual friends, you know. Like my back then my girlfriend was you know, friends to to your girlfriends. Plural. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, right? The, basically it was Ailey, you know, in my case and knew all the, the chicks, you know, that you were hanging out with Basky and Yeah. yeah. But uh, plus, plus we'd played uh, soccer like Rorschach. Yeah, would always lose to Epstein because they had found a team. Oh, yeah. oh my <laughs> so right. did you have a band at that point? Were you playing? Um, what was the band called? I, I the, the Soul Wizards. A, yes, the Soul yeah, Wizards. Yeah, was in my really late teens. Yeah. So, but I'm sure Remy started earlier. Like he had already these punk bands and stuff, and then I, I got into uh, you know a soul and, and funk party band. Yeah, I had some things before, but was that fun being in a soul and funk party yeah, band? Yeah, it was phenomenal. It yeah. was like a ten-piece band. I loved it. It's so cool, and people yeah. always dancing, and it was just really great. And uh, and the songs are awesome, you know, all these like James Browns and oh, it was a cover band. It's totally covered. So you learned all that stuff. So right. it was a really good, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Totally good school. Yeah. Right. Like past, past pillow. Into bloody In skins. Yeah. <laughs> PR Pressure Podcast brought to you by Exotic Molds. So far after the Soul Lizards, tell me what other musical stuff you were doing. Right. So yeah, after this uh, introduction to rehearsing and uh, you know playing some serious gigs for all sorts of events, mostly party oriented, I uh, I got into a completely different thing called Romeo's Bleeding, which was like a, I would call it a folk surrealistic. F folk rock band you know surrealistic folk rock band yeah we uh we were totally inspired by some 16 millimeter trash movies that we used and found you know and then we we cut them into loops and and, and what does trash movies mean well it's like we have a, a paper that's called fundgrube in in switzerland which means it's like a thrift store kind of thing 
but it's it's in a paper so people can give stuff away and then oh they okay like the recycler or something right yeah, yeah something like that mm-hmm. and then uh, and then we the, my friend Christian the singer he he found a, an, an advertisement of a guy who had a collection of like all sorts of old 60 millimeter stuff mm. so that's why I said try stuff but it was really interesting you know because um, it inspired us to do sort of a soundtrack you know ambient yeah live soundtracks to films to that you those would things that just somehow so looked great. cool and so yeah. we, we cut the the you know the tape and then we made loops and stuff oh you recorded it to the films and right. you, t- you did recordings of it and made loops with it and stuff yeah i mean you 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 have the 60 millimeter film oh you made you the loops it, and the and then films you made loops with just of the best scenes. and you were pl- and you would project Loop the films and then you would just exactly. play live yeah. to it yeah oh cool so it's really interesting because we basically played in alternative movie theaters wow which had already the setup perfect for for our uh you know needs that was called juliet no, that was called Romeo is Bleeding. Romeo is Bleeding. Yeah, and then after that, that was, then there was a, a, the Violent Juliet. Violent Juliet. Yeah, there was like more rock, less artsy farty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, then that was, then I was off to New York, and mm-hmm. then, uh, as you know, uh, I became the last drummer of Halcyon. Yeah, and Halcyon. So that was like in ninety something. Ninety six. Halcyon. Yeah. Dorit Chrysler, Chad Swanberg, and Jeffrey Witte. Jeffrey Witte. Yeah. Oh my That's God. Right. That's right. Halcyon was a full-on like '90s rock, art pop experience. Noise rock. Yeah, Noise yeah, rock. Yeah. Grunge. Yeah. yeah. Grunge. So they came back from a from a tour with uh, opening for Marilyn Manson. Mm. <clears throat> That's right. They I heard about that. Super cool guy. I, I, and the thing is, you know, I, I became. I met, I became Dorit's neighbor, and I met her the first day I walked into that house. And we immediately liked each other and connected. Mm-hmm. So, and then a, a really special friendship started, you know. And the, the, the funny thing, Claire, was that, so, and you've been in Dorit's, remember? So, listen, do you remember when I auditioned for Halcyon? I played bass yes, one I time. Yeah, I do, yeah. I yeah. played one time in the crazy Halcyon uh, Meat grinder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you remember where she was living? Yeah, right? on she Avenue C like or something right. in Avenue C in Seven. Yeah. So and my apartment was just next door to hers. Oh really? So they rehearsed and everything, and I I was already listening, listening. to their tracks and I mean, music and stuff. Yeah. They had cool like off time like off meter things, right? Like different. And yeah, cha- some Chad's crazy guitar chords yeah. and yeah, yeah. it was amazing and now that you mentioned Chad of course he was super intellectual about yeah. everything as you know he was like a walking lexicon yeah <clears throat> but what I remember is that Chad had really gigantic uh, hands. fingers I know he would so play he, these chords that would span like ten exactly ten frets That's it was insane so he had like yeah. you know physical yeah. advantages yeah and but then the, I remember when I, when I, uh, sorry to interrupt, but when I auditioned for you guys, you guys would play for about three minutes, and then you would discuss for about twenty or twenty-five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> That's so typical. You got it. There. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. It was really intense <laughs> on, any, on any count, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so and then and then somehow the the drummer after you know they they toured the Manson they 
defense leg splitting and then Dorit knocked on my door and said, Far, do you want to audition? You know, and I said, Ugh. It was such a great band. I yeah. loved it. I was young. Yeah, it was cool. And we had actually shows together, remember? You yeah. with with uh Mellow Main or no, no, no. Oh, um Morning Glories. Morning Glories. Yeah, that's of right. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. So we had we had fun, tons of fun, you know. And then great. and I left the band twice actually, man. I, there were moments where it's like I can't take you guys anymore. <laughs> you know. It was too intense, you know. But anyway, I, I'm really grateful for it was indeed a jumping board for me to New York, you know, to meet a lot of really interesting and uh, and funky people, so yeah. to speak. And and of course, you know, I, I we became really really connected you know Dory, Chad and Jeffrey and then what happened after Halcyon well then I met actually uh, Sasha who oh, was yeah. the, the leader of Organic Grooves yeah the totally different thing and then we got into you know like sampling and, and clubbing and producing music and then uh, I, I stopped and I got into sampling and, and heavily then, into drug use yeah Heavily drug use. <laughs> Heavy into drug use. <laughs> no, that's not true. It's not true, right? All right. And then you guys, what made you decide to come to the United States? What was the attraction at some point? You guys both live here still. Right. Um, curiosity. Yeah. And then, and then I visited New York once for a week. And then I, I started dreaming about it. You know, I was, it was really like dreaming about me. I just love to be in that city and, and play in that, you know, big playground yeah. in New York. And then, yeah, and I think a year or two later, that happened. You were here. Yeah, you I were was here like in 92 or something, 93. And then... It's funny because New York in like 92 seems so different from how it is now. Like it was just about to massively change. I feel like I arrived in 94 and like if you think about that New York, right. doesn't it feel like a completely different place? Yeah. I mean, I know it's kind of like a cliche to be nostalgic about the old, you know, dirty New York or whatever, but it does feel totally different. Yeah, it's still dirty, man. It's still dirty. <laughs> it's still dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. New but dirty. it is it is a different city. Yeah. You know? I mean if you think that a human being renews his cells in seven years, right? right? The, right. the city renews its cells. We're in, just in the old cells that are still. hanging on. We're the old <laughs> cells that are still <laughs> clinging to the like inside yeah. of the butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, in my case, I never yeah. wanted to come to New York. For me, it was my, my dad was already in New York. My mom, your and my dad's dad American. In New your York. mom's, yeah. My brother was born in New Jersey. He Just, was, yeah. Oh. And so for me, it was not New York or America was not the dream. I wanted to go to uh, Australia and oh, learn how really? to how to become a screenwriter. Oh, really? And the day I wanted to book the flight to Sydney, Frank calls me. Oh, nice. He was working at a German-American newspaper, and he offered me a job there, and I had the green card, so I thought I'd try it out for a year. You had the green card because you have an American parent? Is that yes, why? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So for a year? For a year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was when, 94? 
94 96 six yeah yeah, but he does it every year. He says, hey, I'm just not going to have another year. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, another year. That's pretty common. I did that for about 15 years. I'm going to move back to California. For about 15 years, I'm going to move back. Yeah. Then I got a cat. Then I got, you know, a girlfriend. You know, you get things. Well, do you, do you, do you still... A job. A job. <laughs> do you job. still think sometimes do you want to go back? Yeah, it's a long-term plan. California or... I mean, depending on what happens with this amazing country of ours, maybe we, I might have to get the fuck out of this country at some point. I don't know. I mean, that's what, that's what people always say. Like, how bad does it have to get before you <clears throat> just leave? But do you only consider it because of your, you know, French... Uh, citizenship? Right. French or citizenship. Exactly. I have the luxury of, of, you know, it could be a otherwise real possibility to leave. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't, right? Yeah. I mean, look, if, you want, if we want to fantasize about horrible apocalyptic possibilities, like, this is what I always think about. Right now, like, uh, the, administ the Trump administration, they're making it harder and harder and harder for people to come into the country. You know, they keep, like, today, I think he decided, he said he's going to not let people who uh, were born in the States, what's the word Become for? citizens. Yeah. Uh, so, harder and harder to come in. At some point, you know it's really fucked when he doesn't let people leave. That's when we're in trouble. Right. If you can, if you're blocking people from coming in, okay, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> but you know, it's really fucked when you can't leave. You know what I mean? That's when you get into some North Korea shit. GDR. Yeah, yeah. GDR. Yeah. Well, like he's building walls, but it's like people want to get out more than come in. I mean, not, that's not the case. Obviously, immigrants want right. to come. That's like torture, mm. man. What's you know, that? Yeah. If you can't get out, that's right. like torture. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it's easy to say I want to leave if it gets bad because I can leave. We can always leave. Everyone, anyone can actually leave, I think. You can More try. More or less. You can know. try. Yeah. I mean, if you're on a mule or by foot down very, you know, south Texas at the border, Mexico, try to leave. Right. Or try to come in. Well, trying to leave, you would have an easier time, I think. Oh, they, they will... Happily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Escort you to the gate. Yeah, know. exactly. But try to come in on a meal. Yeah, Hasta la so vista, good. amigo. Yeah, <laughs> or I don't know. Totally. I mean, yeah, you can leave, but uh, you can't. I mean, you can't get to Europe and say you need asylum because your views are not welcome in the USA anymore. We're not at that point. That Right. right. We're not at a place where you could go. Right. You would not be let into another country. Yeah. That's a good point. That's the real test if things are super fucked <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean it's tricky because you guys are the first non-Americans I've talked to like and about this like this the idea is to like look at the situation of America and talk to musicians and you guys are thoughtful people you're Roman you're a, a journalist so you obviously like you look at the world of politics and the difference between America and Europe and Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Something you think about. Um, I think in, in one of your first podcasts, you, you talk about how you would like to have a multi-party system in the USA. And right. I, think, I think really that's, that's what should happen. I'm a USA. little ignorant about how it works in Switzerland, but do you have like parliamentary system with coalitions or how... 
What is the system like? Well, we have we have two chambers, yeah. like like the Senate and the House of Representatives, yeah. and we have seven ministers. And among those ministers, one is the president for one year. That's amazing. So every yeah. seven years, or every year, it changes, and you get. So yeah. every seven years, if you're a minister, you get to be the prime minister, yes, president, the president, the yeah. president. Yeah. But that's just, you know, it's more uh, a nominal thing where, oh, he's the president, he has to go there and he has to wow. do that. But he doesn't really have power or she doesn't really have power. And those seven ministers, election. how long is their term? Um, they are re-elected every four years and they can serve for as long as they want to, as long as they're re-elected. And how many parties do they represent? They are all from one party, but the parliament consists of about 10 parties, I would say. Really? Yeah. yeah there's, there's four, <laughs> five bigger ones. What are the big ones? Like, there's a, a one that has been gaining like everywhere. It's not just the USA. It's the Nationalist Swiss Party, the yeah. Swiss Folks Party. Then uh, there's uh, two rather conservative parties which one is the FDP they are the liberals the economical liberals and then there's the CVP the Christian social party and then there's the on the left wing there's the socialist party or the yeah this SP yeah socialist <laughs> right <laughs> couldn't right. say that in the USA no no there's <laughs> yeah. a socialist party I mean there is a socialist party in the USA yeah. but they don't win elections. <laughs> they don't ever, almost never show up on, even on ballots, you know. It's more of a concept. But um, that's so interesting. I mean, that's a whole different... And is it, are the elections, um, when do they occur? Are they on weekends? Do people get, is it a holiday? Like how, you know, when do you vote? Well, we vote about, I think, about 12 times a year, Nash, or... I don't. I, honestly, maybe five times a year nationally, and then there's a lot of local yeah. votes. You have to vote about every hospital they build in your community, wow. right? It's all direct democracy. Wow! So you have to vote a lot. It's all referendum. Look, vote on this issue, you, and you show up and you vote. Yeah. But do they have these elections like on but, Tuesday, but like they do in America, when nobody can go because they're all working? No, it's on a weekend. It's okay. uh, usually, yeah. I think, Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning. But of so course, by now you can vote. by now you can vote online. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to vote. I guess my point is how hard it is to vote. It's re relatively hard to vote in America because it's always during a work day. It's always on a Tuesday. 
and, and then you have to register first. You have to, you have register, to register first. That's so weird, you know. Why can't you just go by your tax ID or what? You know? Yeah, I know, right? Because they don't want people to vote. There's all, <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, there's one... It seems to be the Republicans who are always trying to um, discourage people from voting. And I why mean, is the question? You have to register with a party, right? You can't just register to vote and be like, "Hey, I'm no." Well, party I think affiliate. yeah, you have to register with a party, but I think you can vote. You o- you can only vote for your party in in primaries, uh-huh. but in in other elections, you can vote for whoever you want to. But so that's why. So it is a little bizarre because if you vote, if you register as a Democrat, you can only vote in the Democratic primary. You have no int- you have no say in who becomes like the Republican candidate for president or or mm. any other primaries. So you're just kind of stuck in one thing. It's very little you have it just steers people it's not very representative democracy, this country, you know? But uh I wanna get back to music and I wanna ask you, so you're you're drumming pillow drumming to the Beatles? Yeah, but don't make it too big, man, really, because honestly, I I hated them. You hated the pillows? Oh, the Beatles. Oh, the the pillows. The pillows pillows were your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hate is certainly not the right word. You hated the Beatles. No, that's why I'm asking, because I wanted to know. I mean, you said children's music. Right. I think maybe what I I didn't really connect deeply with the Beatles, certainly appreciate, you know, their talent and their contribution to our culture. But uh, everybody would just play Beatles. Every, yeah. Every school book, Beatles. In school, Beatles. Yeah. Beatles, Beatle, out my... You yeah. Know, it's just, it was up here. Yeah. So that's why I didn't really appreciate it. So what did you get into that was like really like exciting for you like when you were getting into music? Yeah, there, there were a few things, you know, actually. And it is what it is, you know. I'm not ashamed at all. Like there was like for example Super Tramp or Queen, you know, yeah. and the status quo and status quo status quo, right? Is and that like a one hit wonder from like status quo? Oh Crocos, which is a status quo, no, Dave. Dave what was their big hit? Pictures of Matchstick Man. Oh really? Oh yeah. okay, cool. You uh, you probably only know the camp of Mbito well, and Crawford. Well, I've heard the original, but that is why I know that song. <laughs> and then there's and then later on there was Down Down. Okay. Down Down, deeper and down. And then they had a huge hit with a John Fogerty cover version. Okay. Um, and then in the army rocking now. all over the world. And then another yeah. decade later there's in the army now. In the army now. That was a huge. Yeah. Hit. Okay. So we that was what play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that was maybe during the Falkland Island War, yeah. you know. That's I mean, what they, they the were British, so they they wrote it. Yeah, they were political. They were into it. They were engaged. <laughs> Main mainstream political. <laughs> mainstream political, <laughs> meaning they're talking about the Falklands, or not? I don't know. Well, no, they're just talking about it being in the army. Oh, know? being in the you army, know, right? Poor guy, you are, and you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, what about you, Roman? Like you were saying, I, I feel like I, I was know. in the army. Yeah, I was in. The oh, you were in the army. army? Yes, I was. In were the you Swiss guys army. both? I was a hand grenade specialist. In really? The yeah. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. What's a hand grenade specialist? Oh uh, yeah, man. Jules and me, we would blow up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just you would have, just learn how to throw hand grenades. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. 
duck ah. behind a wall. Throw it, duck behind a wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, were you throwing real hand grenades? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that must be kind of fun. <laughs> if you're not throwing them at people, you know? No, you no, of course. No, we throw them in... Targets. Onto a field, yeah. But, but prepared, prepared field. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. How long were you in the army? Uh, 17 weeks. That's... I thought Switzerland didn't have an army. This is how ignorant I am. You guys need to teach me about Switzerland. I no, thought Switzerland had... didn't have an army. That's the whole point of Switzerland, I thought. No? We don't have a standing professional army. Yeah. But uh, we have uh, every like young Swiss. Back when I was young, it, it was... Obligatorisch. Uh, um, Obligatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to go. Yeah. And uh, now, for how long? Is now they should go for seventeen weeks. weeks. That's not very long. That's not very long. Yeah. And then, and then every two years you had to go for another three weeks. Hmm. Yeah. It's mandatory. Yeah. Did you do it far? Mandatory. Oh, I would have loved to, but they just were like, "Sorry, sorry." You're it, he's Italian. You're a sorry man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was spared from this experience. Yeah, you know, I had to I had to duck out of doing French military service. Yeah. I had to weasel out big time. Right. They called me. I had to bullshit my way out of it. Yeah. I don't really like the military. <laughs> <laughs> it depends, you know, if they depends. Would, if they all would be, you know, I mean, for me on gardening. Yeah. <laughs> well, in France, I mean, shooting I seeds. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who knows? Good I luck. was I weaseled out to in the second, yeah. you know, of, of the of the three weeks. Yeah, I ran into the night and really? pre pretended that I can't live in a society without women, <laughs> which is actually true. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. That was a good enough reason. That was a good enough reason. Oh yeah. my god, that's amazing! <laughs> but there's no women, so there's no women in the Swiss army. Are there now? They might be now. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've we've been here for the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. care about the Swiss Army. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I've never heard. I didn't. I didn't know you were in the Swiss Army. That's amazing. <laughs> Today you care. Today yeah. I care. Yeah. Hang on a second. We have to cut that out, Pierre. Hang on a second. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he I said, "Hang on, and hang on a second, asshole." Oh yeah, he did. I have to cut that out. No, he said. Mm -hmm. So, guys, maybe we should play a song. Let's let's play. Robin, you have a new song that you're uh, ready to play, right? Yes. With the band. Yeah. You brought your band. Yeah, yeah. we brought the whole band. You brought the whole Guys, band. Hey. That's cool. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so introduce the band. Who's playing? Who's playing on this? What's the song? The song's called uh, President Fast Food. Okay. And who's, who's, uh, who's in the band? You have a bunch of people. Oh, it's me. You know. Fah, yeah. you're playing drums. I, I was that thing. And um, there's a lot of people. A lot of people here. You brought a lot well, of people. Well, you told us you have a lot of space, and we wanted to like test that. Yeah. And so we brought some people, some friends from Switzerland, and so tell me who's playing in the, band, in the band today. Well, so we, we we have, of course, we have on uh, bass, we have Pierre de Gaillon. Oh, yes. The, on um, Vocoder, we have Heiri Trumpkarten. Do you, and there's some people with microphones. What are they doing? Backup singers? Or? Yeah, they. I have like. Uh, I know this is maybe a little unusual, but I have a, a, a project that is focusing on uh, whistling. Yeah. yeah. So 
I have an entire whistle orchestra. Oh, cool. So there's a, at least uh, 17 whistlers. Really? Right? But you didn't bring them all today? Uh, not, not all of it, no. Yeah. Not all, but, you yeah. know, a few. So, and then you will hear. I will, I will. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. It, to make a really long story short, mm -hmm. right? So, right? So you just have to believe me. The whole whistling thing is a is a is a big thing, and it's a new thing, and it's uh, yeah. it's it's gaining a lot of attention because of its uh, universal language. Yeah. Right. So no politics and such. So th there's a bunch of people. I'm just gonna introduce you to the core ones. Okay. So <clears throat> it starts with like Fao Tan. Well, who's here today? Who's going to play today? Well, right there, hey, is uh, Fao Tao. Yeah. And then next to him, Fao Lao. Fao Bo is a little... Hey, Fao Bo, right there. Then Fao Li. And then, and then it's a combination of them because they come from a different culture. They have different relations that they somehow celebrate and then they love to combine each other. Okay. So in that sense, it would be Fao Lao Tao yeah. with Fao Tao Lao. Then Fao Lao Tao Lao. Yeah, let's, let's play the fucking song. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Yeah. 
over your head That's what they all said It can't be that bad Is what you self-bet You had a war at your hands Basically You had a war at your hands While you were waiting for your fast Tell me does it taste good While you were reaching your fast really good that was great wow i can't believe you guys did that just wow it sounds so rehearsed like have you been rehearsing for a long time How's, how do you, has, when did you write that song oh uh well i wrote it after uh, the recent elections in the usa oh okay and, i never uh, would have guessed <laughs> president fast food you know what always uh kind of baffled me was how the song they played at the, when he came out and accepted his victory. Yeah. The song they played was, you can't always get what you want. Is that right? That stone. was the song? So I always had the feeling that he did not really expect to win. Oh, yeah. So I, I wrote it shortly after the election when you heard about him desperately wanting his hamburgers, you know, his McDonald's yeah. fast food, and yeah. really not being there, you know? Like you had the feeling like, he doesn't want to be president, he can't even be president. Yeah. You know? so, so it's that, that sentiment, you know, like, man, what am I doing here now, right? Right, I, I just want to, he just wants his comfort food, and he wants Yeah, to. yeah. Well, maybe he'll get to go back... Um, to uh, his regular life soon, sooner than later, hopefully. Because so, as we record this, it's before the midterm elections. We have this big midterm election coming mm-hmm. up in a week or so, and uh, some people people are getting really, really um, stressed out, excited, hopeful. There's a lot riding on this election, so I'm choosing not to get too worked up about it because. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up, for sure, because we got smacked so hard in 2016. And also, I, I can't anymore. I can't freak out. 
I have to just hope that things get normal somehow and then do everything I can to change it and vote and tell everybody to vote and canvas and do all that stuff. So anyway, this, uh, so president, the president might get to go back to his fast food sooner than later. Do they sell, do they serve fast food in, in a jail in prison? <laughs> hey, they can make an exception for him, yeah. right? I, I wouldn't mind, gets, really. <laughs> his overcooked hamburgers, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. So, I w so um, Fa, you're, so you've been a drummer for, like, for a really long time, but then you sort of like walked away from the drum. So when you came to New York, we were playing together for a while. Right, that's this true. This band, Mellow Main. Was it Mellow Main? It right. was. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. And it was cool. It, the early incarnation of it, it like, I think it was like the first right, the first thing of it. And After Pierre. After Pierre, yeah. And it was oh. you on drums, me on guitar, and I think just Kristen. Christine, cello. Kristen on cello. It was just drums, cello, and guitar. Cello. And then I think we added like a trumpet and a guitar. Right. Brad, it started yeah. to grow, right? Brad and then like Steven, Devin. 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 Yeah. And then Frank. And then Frank. There, so Frank, who's the connector of all of us, sort of Frank, cello player, Frank here. Oh wait. Really, you know you fast the first one. Oh no, you're yeah, the connector, yeah, and you, yeah. you but I mean, right, right, because you could yeah, introduce I, me to I was Frank. I came before Frank and Roman. Yeah, he That's brought, right. He brought me That's your, right, yeah, your sorry, Pierre you CD with Ginzu on it. Really? We should listen to at this this point. We should listen to Ginzu. Ginzu. Yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> let me tune my eggs. I don't even know if I remember. It's like, yes, I know. Something like that. Yeah, nice. Jesus had a donkey. Yeah. Wait. Jesus had a donkey. It was about a girl I knew who was, um, she was Swedish and she died on flight 800. Remember that flight that right. crashed from, yeah. it was going from New York to Paris? Mm -hmm. And she was uh, on that flight and I found out about it by reading the New York, the, the Village Voice and they had... They listed all the names. I was sitting in a cafe and I was reading the names and I saw her name on it. Oh my God. And she was, yeah, a friend of mine. So 800 reasons don't get on that plane. So yeah, anyway. Hi, um, I have to tell you, the other day, I saw this guy riding on a horse. You know, he just zoomed by me on that street. What I 
I was gonna go on about is that you kind of like walked away from the drums and like you got really into right. electronic music yeah. and true. programming. And you and Frank started a project. Right, Bingo Palace. Bingo Palace, right? right. Was that the first like electronic thing no, you got no, into? No. Oh no, no you were... I was uh, I had like a good friend as well, um, Sasha. Sasha oh, yeah. was was the you know the one. Uh, Sasha behind the machine. Behind, right? No. Sasha with no vowels in his name. It's a nobunya. It is a nobunya. Yeah. And it has like one vowel in all Z. It's a nobunya. Yeah, it's a nobunya. So he was like, the, you know, the, the 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 guy who initiated sort of organic grooves. And right. So cool. We, came, we became immediately friends, and we started to, you know, work on on, on producing club music. And and that was for me then. You know, it just showed up at night and you came down with it. That's amazing. And so then I switched, you know, I just got rid of it and never played ever since. You you got rid of the drums and never played ever yeah, since. I Except have. for when you just played just now when you played <laughs> on your drum, right? But you did um, have you had an amazing drum project, Drum Ilama, right? That, drum but that was with Sasha as well. So we had this this little phrase sampler. So we had a few samples and he played the bonga samples and I had this pure cushion drum that Jojo landed me. It's like a drum with only the skins. Jojo was like a super killer drummer guy, right? Still is. Yeah, like killer, like what do you call that super fast technical drumming? Is there like a name for it? I thought there was a name for it. Jojo Mayo style. Yeah, seriously, it's <laughs> really cool. Yeah. And when I was we were friends, you know. And so that, that was a big deal. And then things uh, changed, you know, I was able to play with, you know, with non-musicians as well, and just like with guitar player, drums, and bass player, whatever. I had then different projects in like, um, you know, dance theater, and uh, installations with artists, and uh, documentaries, and soundtracks, and started to play live again. Yeah. But playing live, like with, not playing drums like ever, like just doing no, doing program. Right, I would just Sampling. focus on. I would play the CD player, so I had special prepared CDs and stuff, and then I, I manipulated a record player by playing CDs on a record player. Playing CDs on a record right, player. Right. Yeah. You know, on a, on a disc manger, manger, manger disc. No, not manger disc. Spooter disc. Spooter disc. Spinning disc. Spinning disc. No, it was just like experimenting. Wait, what are you talking about playing CDs in a record player? Yeah, so just if you have a, a, a CD, yeah. if you flip it the other way around, it's like like a mirror, it's totally blank. Yeah. So if you put that on a, on a turntable, on a turntable, you drill a hole in the middle or something? No, but if you drop the needle first, there's nothing, there's no sound. Yeah. But the longer you would play, it would create like a, a groove and scratches, and then you have a sound. So I would prepare them already, and then I would wow. go through a filter. Oh yeah, that's yeah. amazing. We'll go through. But wait, I have a question though. Did you drill a hole in the middle so that it would spin in the middle of the CD? No, I, I figured no. What you can do is you know the spindles where you buy. The oh, the, this the yes. seven-inch spindle, so they can sit on top. Right. You just cut out and you put it in the middle. And you, you know. Yeah. Then you have already a guide. Oh yeah. And then with weights and and other stuff. And then you would, so you're you're. Prepared CDs on a turntable. Right. Wow. That's correct. You go through filters, and then I had this amazing sampler. So it's wire. going through the needle. Obviously, it's a physical. Yeah, of course. Process. Yeah. yeah. 
And sometimes you would be surprised, you know, like yeah. some scratches or whatever would just create a groove. Like, and then you have it so right cool. there, and then you with the filter, you, you actually, you know, get yeah. the volume. Has okay. anybody else done that? I've never heard of anyone doing that. Yeah, me neither, but who cares? Right. Okay, Fa, you, you're, the, you're the only one, you're the pioneer yeah. of the CD turntable. And, and that, that was then... After. Oh, and then Fuckintosh, right. which is my favorite name of any band I've ever heard in my life. Seriously, it's like <laughs> the best ever. Because it's kind of like being pissed at your computer, right? Yeah. It's like the angry computer. Yeah, right. But it's, uh, it's so good, Fuckintosh. And so what was that? That was mashups, right? Yes, I did a whole series of like mashups, like about nine. And now it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's a... It's a project that died, it finished, and uh, and so I, I created um, uh, a record cover with the whole entire nine CDs on it as yeah. a photograph, and then to honor the artwork, it's it's just a record sleeve without the record. That's amazing. I feel like you. Um, how do I how do I express this? For you, art doesn't have to exist beyond a moment. Is that accurate? Like, it exists in a moment and then it's gone and that's okay. Right? For a lot of artists. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's interesting, Pierre. It's an amazing thought. Yeah. Hey, look, man, it's. I don't know, man. It's certainly like. I have a mixed feelings towards, you know, intellectual property and all this stuff. Right. So what it does to me, it triggers me, you know, it inspires me to actually really like I'm curious and wonder about. So I came up with this pop fictions. Yeah. You know, like I don't know, for example Nirvana and Elvis. Nirvana and Elvis. Or so Beatles what were the songs? Craft no, it's not about songs at all. I would go through whatever collections I had and just pick anything I liked. Yeah. And then I would just, you know, loop it and, and I had two CD players and then I yeah. would just go live recording press record duck and at the end it would maybe edit a little bit you know yeah and that's it it was basically a live performance recorded. so wait you had the CDs of the two different right. bands two CD players yeah. and one I would have Nirvana and the yeah. other one I would have Elvis yeah and then I would go through stuff until I find stuff that get me moving works together yeah cause like a, a mashup the mashup is like a real uh specific form that people really exactly do now right which like, well you know when sampling became way way more uh known uh, that was like super inspiring that you would use already existing music and create something out of it by adding others like it's like a collage you know cut and paste sort of you know and then you just repeat sections yeah you know, like yeah i think it was inspiring and it was, it was not, it, it could go anywhere, you know. It didn't have to be dance or a pop. It could be experimental. Did and that's where I focused Tosh on. At, like, did you do performances? I mean, I, I think I saw but one. You know I went to one. Maybe we can play one, right? Can we play like one? Except, yeah, yeah, right? Let's All right. do that. Let's let, do that. Let me surprise you. All okay. right, Sarah. Hurry cool. Down. All right, here we go. Hold on. Fucking Tosh.
And you know what? That was exactly the title. Bizarre and Wonderful? That's a scary. Is that really? Bizarre and Wonderful. The title of what? Yeah, of that, just what we just heard, of that sort uh, of... Bizarre and Wonderful. You know, track. Kind of. That's amazing. What a beautiful moment of art. And now it's gone. And now it's gone. gone. It's well, gone, I, right? I, I leave that up to you. You know, to me, it, but it's I mean, fun. I know, yeah, but the reason I say that is like dancers, like I had a, uh, one guest who was a dancer, Mira Cook, and dance is like this thing where you do it, you do it, you do you bust your ass putting a performance together with all these dancers, you work really hard, and then you do it, and that's it, it's gone, there's nothing left, you know, yeah. and I feel like you're kind of cool with that kind of thing, whereas... Right. I know for me, like I have to document everything, and like you work really hard on a record, you want people to listen to it, right. and it exists, right. and you want it to be there and to exist. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm not saying, I don't know, Roman, you like things to exist forever, yeah. forever in the digital universe. Yeah. Yes, yeah, in the digital head. universe. While Far can <clears throat> dream up this thing with the the vinyl covers, you know, yeah, or, or the covers without the vinyl in it, yeah, <laughs> he. Thinks about this like maybe two weeks before he leaves, and then he orders it a week before he leaves. And while he's on the road, driving through the USA for a year, I get to pick up six big boxes <laughs> and <laughs> carry them into my apartment and store them in my room. You guys are like a married couple. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> No, but I, uh, certainly officially would like to, through the Ethernet, I would really, really like speak up for my appreciation for your contribution and helping me out in such a moment, you know. Yes. Of, uh, Thanks for not giving me the music but an empty <laughs> cover. <laughs> yeah, that sounds dramatic, guys, but th there's a lot of meaning in it. There's yeah, a lot of so love. What, this, what we're t referring to is there's a record cover. It's a vinyl album sleeve. And it has all your fucking Tosh uh, mashups on it. But it's an uh, empty album sleeve. So right. it's the size of an album sleeve. It's, it's got an opening that a record would be in. But there's no music in it. It's, it's a piece of art that's just a record cover. It's with a, no record I mean, inside it. It's awesome. It's pretty amazing, actually. Because it's like... I know. As Duchamp says, art is only in a gallery. Right. <laughs> you know, right. No, I, really, uh, but the, the, the whole concept is like to honor music, to, to honor like sort of the the record, you know, with its with its record sleeve and the art and stuff. That's a, it's very symbolic for something that appeared to be dying at some point. Yeah. Of course, it didn't. You know, it's not true, but it's still you know like people don't really think of playing records unless they're they're somehow attracted by it yeah but music and records was one thing when we grow up and right. whatever and now music and records is is separate there's a you know it's, right it's a, there's it's so a, many ways to consume so i just music. wanted to keep it on the artwork because the artwork is really inspiring i always had the artwork first and then i did the music yeah so and even here it's again it's this is the artwork is first but yeah. there's no record in it wow so, that's cool you know, and then this Fakintosh died, sort of, right? And then I started the project that was exclusively live, and it was Fakintosh Experience. Okay. And then I would invite people, and it was about experimental improvisation. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, right. 
That's, do you remember we had like a we did a show one time you you and I and I think maybe with Lance mm-hmm. or something and what was it called something 2.0 was that with right. you yeah, yeah what was it called something exactly 2.0 something uh, 2.0 right it was a cool name I can't I remember knew, right? it yeah, was like purely improvisational right me you and like Lance Kruger I think yeah something 2.0 nice bass player yeah amazing yeah it was great and I can't remember the name Lance if you're listening remind us what that show it was only one show yeah I came with the laptop I guess oh laptop and then yeah something like this yeah so but I want to switch back over to Roman because Roman one of the things you do that I love so much is like you um, you write songs for people at birthdays and things or whoever like whenever there's, there's a party or there's a, an occasion you just bust out a song for someone it's like a song gift you're really good at doing that for people and uh, I appreciate that it's a really good talent like you use music as like a you know direct communication to the people that are around you yeah I'd, I'd like to do that yeah but um, nice of you to say that thank you because uh, Far basically told me I should stop because <laughs> it's so embarrassing for people. <laughs> you guys really are like American. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. I love it. It's good. It's it's a good exercise. Like pop out a song. There's a lot of people who do that now. Even uh, Steve Kilby, the singer of the church. Oh yeah. He does it. You can order your own Steve Kilby song. You know. Do you guys remember Momus? Yes. Momus. Yes. Remember his album, Stars Forever. Uh-huh. So his album was. Uh, all made-to-order songs. You, the first twenty people who paid, whatever it was, two hundred bucks. It was like a previous version of, of, um, of Indiegogo or whatever of crowdfunding, where he was like, first people, first twenty people who give me, uh, you know, two hundred bucks or however much, five hundred. I don't remember how much it was. You get a song. Your the song. The album's going to be all songs about specific people. And mm-hmm. then he did a show, and I went to the show when he first released the album, and all the people were there who the songs were about. <laughs> but it was Momus, you know. He's a clever little dude, uh, Eng- uh, English guy. I don't know if you remember him. English guy. English guy. Oh, English guy. <laughs> anyway, English guy. <laughs> Amazing guy. English guy. If you if you reverse that, like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I like these, you know, such ideas. Or, or remember back, he released one album as sheet music, and then he invited yeah. he invited people to record. Really that was cool. cool. That's yeah. a cool idea. He was always like kind of <laughs> testing the boundaries between the audience and the artist. Moments. Kind of like Fa. Yeah. Kind of like Fa. Yeah. Yeah. Except I don't really think a lot about it. But I'm impressed. What I wow, I'm the guest. Okay, <laughs> you, know, you tell me what to do. I do it. Okay, I would even lie. I mean, you know, but gentle. Fa, are you still doing um, electronic music? Are you performing? What are you doing these days? Uh, I'm like in a s- sort of transitioning. So last time I actually worked on art, music, and sound. <coughs> Excuse me. It was on a, on a sound, no, sound design for an animation. Cool. And, uh, that that took quite a while. What was the What was it called? Airport. And um, 
And yeah, it's it's Roman's uh, companion and my yeah. my long term friend who did the animation. Yeah, right. airport and and it went to um, it went to some festivals Most and stuff. Many anything. Yeah, it's cheap. It's really incredible. Where, did you do Very live successful. performances with the film, or was it no? You did the sound design for the film, right? Right. It's for the animation. Right. Cool. So that's the last thing I I mm-hmm. did, and then I. Uh, I bought a car and I did cross country. So I really enjoy the outdoors and everything that goes with it. Yeah. So no more cities and you know just being outdoors. It's good. That's I appreciate that. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. But the the beauty is then you know we can always meet with music you know. Right. Even I don't cultivate it like daily anymore. Or so it's. But it's always there. It's something you can go back to and just yeah. play again Definitely. and again. And Roman, you I mean, we sort of skimmed over Roman games. You did that for a long time, and then you're continuing to play solo all the time and write songs and perform. No, I haven't I haven't played a solo in a long time. I, I stopped like five years ago. And then last year I had a reunion with my old bandmates from... Yeah the Roman games the yeah. original four Roman games and we had two amazing shows and we recorded those and made a live album and um, I We're hope that one day we are going to record a, a third album cool what is the difference between like pl- performing in, in Europe and in the States like what would you say have you toured in the States ever Roman not much yeah I do you did, and and you've toured in in Europe, right? Right. So how is it different, like to, in your opinion? Yeah, it's actually a really good one. There is a difference, actually. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, but okay, let's say money. Yeah, money is way better in Europe. All distances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there is just money for that. You know, even it's really cultural not, budgets not, and not stuff from cities. Music, yeah, yeah. F- totally. That's f- really fantastic from that point of view. And then the different cultures you know the different kind of foods you get from, yeah from like if you go from italy to france right. to germany to switzerland it's like wherever you go they're proud of their local or right most of the times you get like really good food they always have some special uh schnapps that they want you to drink <laughs> <laughs> right totally it's great sleeve of schnapps yeah grappa Whiskey. So, the reason, part of the reason why this podcast is called PR Pure Pressure is pressuring people to talk about politics. And so, we did that a little bit in the beginning. But I want to ask if, like, did you ever hear any music that made you think about politics differently? Was there ever a band or something or a song, something that made you think about influencing in some way politically? Yeah, for me, definitely the Clash. The Clash. I mean, yeah, you know, I that first time I heard about Sandinistas, that was the Clash. My whole early part of political education, part of it was Joe Strummer. Yeah. And um, you know, we have this case now in Switzerland of a candidate for one of the seven ministers we talked about earlier. She's a she's a good candidate, and she most 
likely will be elected. Yeah. But she's a candidate for one of the conservative parties. Oh yeah. And in the news, she kind of brags about how she was in London when she was young and she saw the clash oh, yeah. several times. How did she not get the message? Right, how did she not get the message? It's so weird. It's like when you know, people use rock and roll songs in their campaign and they're like, you know, conservative or whatever. You know, somebody uses like John McCain or somebody used like um, Bruce Springsteen and then or U2 or something and they have to call them and say, listen, don't use my fucking music in your stupid campaign. But you have to think, yeah, did they not get the message of the music at some mm -hmm. point? The Clash is not... Well, I don't know how conservative this lady is that you're talking about, but The Clash... Joe Strummer not, might not be cool with her politics. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's on the... Yeah, she's very conservative. She's as conservative as probably Joe Strummer's dad was. Joe Strummer's dad <laughs> was conservative? Yeah, he was a diplomat. He was a UN diplomat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's funny. He was an ambassador, I think. That's why Joe Stromer was born in maybe uh, South Africa? Yeah. I'm not sure. I have to check that. <laughs> Google it. So I'm going to get serious, though, for a second. So, like, what happened, what's happening in America right now is we have this, you know, super uh, authoritarian-leaning idiot president who's unleashing the powers of like racism and division and stuff so a couple of days ago there was a shooting at a synagogue you know and it was really bad lots of people died and I feel like when you're from Europe you you have more of a sense of the history of like when fascism really creeps into your country like how do you how do you know when it's really too much you know that's my question Ooh, you know, we Swiss, sorry to say, we're pretty self-righteous about that. You know, there's, there wasn't much talk about Switzerland being fascist or having a lot of Nazis. They just profited from the war, and when the war was over, we didn't talk about it anymore. Yeah. So difficult for us for me to judge I mean, right. you know it starts with the smallest little racist or fascist move or act yeah there's like a zero tolerance for any of that there's zero tolerance for that in but in your in Switzerland is there no 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 <laughs> I mean, they yeah right I know yeah, what you mean there's I zero tolerance for yeah. I have a lot of discussion with discussions with Swiss who come here and denounce the USA as racist, right? Because, it, according from my experience, Switzerland is much more racist. Oh yeah, uh, we we never had to deal with it so right. far. Oh, we're neutral. Sorry, we're like white and neutral and rich. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy. <laughs> so now I'm depressed. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the peer pressure. <laughs> that's the peer pressure. Um, it's just funny because I have all these thoughts about what's going on in the States, but then when you, when you think about, when you look at it from an outside perspective, 
two things are happening. I mean, really outside, like you guys are not citizens of the U.S., but you live here. Two things. You're not as connected to it because it's not your country, but at the other side, you're probably like, it's pretty good, that's why I live here. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know? I really, I don't, I do not want to diss the USA. I, I yeah. think it's, it's still the best country in the world. And it has to deal with a lot of shit, and it has a lot of power that it has to think about how to wield it, and you know, sometimes they want to have a strong man. Okay, you look. Ask, can I ask you? Like, yeah. do you think there will be a time when you can look back on the Trump years and laugh about it, like you can laugh about the George W. Bush years now? Well, the reason we laugh about the George W. Bush years is because we thought it was so bad and then we didn't realize how bad it actually could get until we got Trump. So now, <laughs> okay, you know yes, what I mean? <laughs> I laugh about how <laughs> shitty things are. The fact that Bush seems not that bad anymore. But um, yes, I know what you mean. I feel like we're going to look back on these years and maybe not laugh. It's going to be more like, what's that, nostalgia, like the East Berlin, people who look back on East Ber people who lived in East Berlin, East Germany, And now they think, wow, we lived in East Germany. It's crazy. And there's like, nostalgie. Have you heard about this? It's nostalgia for the East yeah. of Germany. Yeah. I feel like that's going to happen with this. Like, oh, man, you lived during Trump. That shit was crazy. And then, yes, maybe you kind of laugh or you kind of like, can't believe that was really happening. Like fake news. All this crazy shit that was going on. Calling the press the enemy of the people. I mean, we're gonna, yeah, we are going to look funny. back and be like, wow, that was a crazy fucking time. Hopefully, we look back on it and say, and say that was insane because we're beyond it into something much more rational. And, mm -hmm. and I think the history of the USA kind of shows this, that it's always a, a common goal from both sides, right? It's always a balance of power and always about 50% of the people who live in the USA are just great you know? that's every second person you meet is great <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by great well they have good views they they share view, your values they, they compost <laughs> <laughs> all right 50% I think it's a little more. It's more. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just... That's but they, all, they don't all vote. <laughs> that's the big question. Just if you Hey, if you count all the immigrants, and the, then it's way more than 50, you know? If you count all of us who can't right. vote... Right. We're it's probably on your side, you know? Right, <laughs> right. That's why it's funny that... The way they... T they one of the big conspiracy theories, like, on the... Like the, on the right is that um, liberals want to let illegal immigrants into the country so that they can vote, so that they can vote for liberals. I mean, that's really a thing that people think. Like the reason why immigration is so, you know, the, why liberals want immigration to be looser is so that they can get more and more immigrants who will vote for the liberals. The problem with that is you can't fucking vote if you're an immigrant. I mean, you can't vote if you're not a citizen. So. Not a single, that's never happened. I mean, maybe it happens. I don't know how you would do it, but it's a crazy theory, you know? I'm just saying, like, you guys are immigrants. You don't vote. You can't vote. <laughs> how could you vote? How could you fake a vote? 
You just show up at the poll, and then what happens? Well, you go to prison if. if yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, there's this. But you know I that think people that think like like Fox News watching people really think that millions of illegal immigrants are voting in the U.S. elections when the number is closer to zero. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? They really think that. Fascinating. Um, and anyway, yeah. when when did the USA stop to be an immigration country? Like, I mean, when did people decide, now we are Americans, the rest of the world is not American? Yeah, yeah I know. There was that's a time question. when everybody who came here became an American, right? And, then, and now, how can you be nationalist in America? You know, how right. there's no cultural background for. Yeah, there is. It's called Native American. Yeah. That's the real, yeah, the real American. Or Mexicans. They were here first. More Native Americans first, and then, you know, Spanish, Mexican. We're here, we're, so, yeah. When, where, how far back do you need to go for, like, the original culture of America? Yeah. Oh, if you go back to, like, the, the early uh, 20th century, there were the Ukraine-Americans and the German-Americans and the Italian-Americans and whatever, right? And they were all proud of being... American, yeah. right? Yeah. And now you just got to be American? No. I mean, that's the, big, that's the big debate. I don't think so. A lot of people don't think so, but scared, uh, terrified people who think that other groups are going to invade their land and, or their way of life. I mean, I'm being abstract, but racist white people, certain say that I mean what the nature of racism why are people racist I mean you know you're you saying the way that define immigrants is has changed right so it's like yes that's the debate that's happening right now most people don't want that well America's in a place right now where it's trying to define itself it doesn't know we don't want to change it to people like you and me don't want to change it to There's only certain Americans and no one else can be American. That's not the way it's been. Yeah. I mean, the Ukrainian-Americans probably invited the Polish-Americans over for barbecue once a year or something. You know? and they still had different identities. And that, that, like the American part was the, the connecting cool part. Maybe that, that's maybe a little bit the problem in, in America now, that nobody's ready to even find back to... A handshake, or a, uh, yeah. yeah. What you said earlier, with, the, with like Trump created enemies in within the USA. Yeah. All of a sudden, some people are enemies. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it creates this dynamic where when you're at the grocery store or something, you look and uh, you think, does that person have a completely different idea of what reality is than me? I hate it feeling that way. You know, I hate being at a public place and looking at my neighbor, you know, regular people around me and thinking, do they have a completely 180 degree different view of reality? Not just politics, but reality. Because that's what's happening now. Reality is being twisted upside down. When you have someone who comes on, you know, on the TV and says one thing one day and then the next day says, I didn't say that. I actually didn't say that. And he's just fucking lying and that person is your president. 
you're like, what? What the fuck is going on in the world? You know, it's insane. Right. Anyway, we'll look back and laugh. That is a little depressing. Sorry. Right, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, Let's well, take a walk with Fa uh, into nature. I know. Seriously, let's yeah. take a walk into no, nature with fire. I have a political comment. As <laughs> what goes around comes around. Uh-huh. You know, I would like to rather focus on like micro politics. Okay, what's that? I would call it uh, personal. An immediate interaction related to immediate interaction, and there's mindfulness and there's yeah. compassion. Right. So. Yeah, I love that idea, micro politics. I mean, that is, it's like to be present, compassionate, compassionate and mindful. If you can do that, if you can only be yourself. So yeah. if you can do that for yourself, right. it's like the most changing yeah. way mm-hmm. to change the world. But isn't, isn't Pierre walking around the supermarket thinking about, is that person totally not from this world? Micropolitics too, right? It is. It's micropolitics. So how how can well, you, you have to be more compassionate with the people around you? No, I mean you're right. There's like okay, like there. The only way like to figure out if what you're like suspicious about or curious about or wonder about is if you actually talk to someone to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then you will know. I know. But before, it's in our head. Yeah, exactly. It's all in our head. All these divisions. Which just changes everything, you know? Yeah. So we can talk about your fear. That's my point. No, but that's living in, the, in this area now. In and country. my fear. I mean, we can yeah. talk about our fear. Yeah. And that's so relevant that actually whatever we see and project upon is related actually to my state of mind right of course there you go and the moment you break that and get into trust or so like then something else will happen you know and it's a life and it's not a recipe it's maybe just i i wish we can consider it well, we bring our intention into every interaction we have, and that's some, the only thing you can control, is your intention, right? Maybe I think that's what you're saying. Your consciousness is the one thing that's the same with every interaction you have with every person. So that's the only thing you can control, <laughs> is your yeah, own I mean, consciousness. Sure, but it's not that complicated, you know, it's not like... Micropolitics. I'm just saying that look if I if I think about micropolitics the way I you know use it it gives me actually a choice it gives me a choice an immediate choice like if I have an opportunity to learn about someone something and I'm involved you know I I want to deal with it right then and, and now right and not maybe I should have or maybe I should yeah like just off fiction talk all the time you're right so that's just uh, that's just how I look at it a little bit you know well yeah that's that that involves talking to people in real life and not just talking to them through a screen right that's the yeah and then language is very crucial in that moment you know and apparently 
words and language create images. <laughs> so basically, you also have to think about what you think and then think about what you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only All laughing right. because... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not complicated. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, in in a way, far you don't even believe in uh, the authority of a state, right? You don't need a government. Go on, and, <laughs> and we can like maybe look at it from a radical, radically different point of view where you say we, we really don't need a government anymore what we need is maybe uh, corporations no? oh god that's depressing that's no, more right. depressing <laughs> so yeah. you, now you're going yeah. into the opposite direction yeah I said micro politics everyone is their own that's the governor talk you I think you and I think that's exactly the opposite of micro politics yeah, right, but you don't even believe in the government, right? Now you do it again. Why would you assume that they don't believe? That, that's it's just like not happening, Jenny. Seriously, I believe and not... You want to ask me something? Ask me. But you're telling me that I don't believe. You see, that's what I mean with micropolitics. Do you believe, do you example. Be, do you believe in a system of national states? When? Now? Not. Not at all. What do you like? The whole concept of believing is something that is, it is alive. You know, one day you can believe in it, and then the next day it's not relevant anymore. So that I, I just, I would never ask you something like that. Well, it's hard for me as a Swiss to believe that after seven hundred years, just from one day to the next, Switzerland is not relevant anymore. Well, maybe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so uh, I think what he's asking you is like would we be better off without like a state government without governments that tell us what to do and it would be better off Guys, just micro po policing ourselves how would I know <laughs> I mean seriously well you don't you have to know you can just have right, an opinion have an opinion yeah <laughs> well then we can roll dice you know it doesn't really matter nobody know. I don't fucking know anything I have lots of opinions yeah but we that often we <laughs> That's not how we behave. Right. I like a government that takes care of our sick, that uh, builds roads where necessary, that, uh, you know... Tr trains young boys how to throw grenades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, you got me. <laughs> no, it's true. No, I agree. The government has a lot of uses. We just spend too much money like, for a lot of bullshit. But I like the idea that you vote on everything in Switzerland. Like if there's a decision to be made, let the people who it will affect actually vote and decide. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, but it leads to uh, a very low participation in the vote. Oh, yeah. Because you, know. you have so many elections, right? Mm -hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. What's your national anthem in Switzerland? Is it like super military, uh, like violent, crazy? Oh, you got it? Let's hear it. Where 
see what it's here for. Is that, that's happy birthday to you. That's your national anthem. <laughs> so it's like the beginning. Okay, let's hear it. This what is the not, words are? You're not going to send this out over the radio. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. way. So tell me what the words to the Swiss, Swiss anthem are. They? This is brutal what he does. You know? But we're, we're having fun. We're having fun. I like it. I asked for it. But listen, I, the reason I'm asking is because the French national anthem, Allons enfants de la patrie, it's super violent, super gory, and just horrible. Like It's like about killing the infidels and spilling their blood and I mean it's just like a, it's a slaughter and then the American National Anthem is about you know celebrating because the Americans won the war and there's bombs bursting in the air okay because we beat the British or something so what's the National Anthem of uh, Switzerland? It's about uh, the Swiss standing there and watching God come oh. over the country with the morning with the morning sun going up God is coming and oh. he's protecting the Swiss country and oh. he's also protecting in later verses I think he's protecting it at night too oh. it's very uh, Christian it's very Christian but it's interesting that God takes the form of the sun it's like, it's like pagan no 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 he comes he comes, comes the first the line is you enter with the sunlight okay in with the, the with the with the rising sun with the what is it called? The, in the morning, the red in the morning? Dusk. 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 Yeah. Isn't dusk nighttime? Dusk dawn. from dawn. Dusk is the night. Yeah. That's dawn. the movie. For <laughs> That's yeah. the other way around. Right. So dusk or dawn. Dusk or dawn. dawn you paid. You paid to me, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, okay. Thank you. Thank you for the national anthem. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why your kids have to stand up in school and put their hands on their hearts and why do they have to do that yeah. like why I don't know I, don't, I wish they didn't when, have to when was that introduced you know I think in the 1950s or something I don't know it's a really bizarre ritual and in, same with singing the national anthem it, basically the idea that you're singing this song like when was the Swiss national anthem written 1850 maybe around that time that's like not very long ago but if you had to write a new one what would it be they wrote a new one right? they there was a same competition for a new one same thing backwards <laughs> 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 seriously uh, you know that would be a fucking tosh uh, challenge yeah write the national anthem backwards it's totally I mean that's it the American national anthem is a it's a beautiful song it is it's a nice melody yeah it's just too much you know there comes too much baggage that comes with a national anthem maybe <laughs> too much baggage that comes with 
thinking that there's only one way to your country's the best and all the other countries are not as good I mean you you're the one who said America's the best country in the world yeah for example I'm glad the the internet is still you know governed by the USA basically is it yeah but they're trying to change it and make it more you know commercial and all that more Chinese and Russian more Chinese and Russian more under control yeah you want to play us a song oh yeah Play one for uh, Lake Constance. All right. And my cousin, the bass player on this boat. On this boat? It? Yeah. What's an H again? A B minor. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and the fism. Swiss chords. Fism is F fism? sharp. F sharp minor. Yes. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
sailing out to sea Just a boat and me Is that a new song? Yes. Uh, What's it called? Sailing Out to Sea. All right. I feel like, you know, there's two different, you guys have two different ways of looking at life, but you're good friends. So let's come together and be happy. <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. like a plan. All right. Yeah, let's make it three sides of the coin. That sounds like a Roman Games song lyric. <laughs> Guys, thank you for doing this and talking. It's been very, very, uh, it's been really fun talking to you guys. Thanks for inviting us to this most beautiful place. Yeah. So fantastic. And, uh, thanks for bringing your whistling, whistle, your whole band and your whistle choir. Yeah. Yeah, it was. They've yeah. been so quiet during this whole interview. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, hey. guys. You can talk now. You can talk now. All right. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks, Dad. All right. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Fab Ventilato and Roman Elsinger. That was so much fun. It was strange and wonderful to have those guys in here making music, talking, reminiscing, teaching me about the Swiss political system. It was a learning experience and uh, I'm really thankful for their friendship and the music that they've made all through the years and my involvement with them. And I also want to clear up a couple of facts that may have been a little off during our interview. Roman forgot to mention the name of his girlfriend, Michaela Mueller, who made the film Airport that Fa worked on. We want to mention that. Also, he wanted to mention his two brothers, Adrian and Marcel. And I wanted to clear up one little fact, which is that the song I played was not actually called Ginsu. It was actually called Scandinavia Morning. Ginsu is a different song, but anyway, that's a little detail. And also, the band name that we could not remember that Fa and I had for one project was called Spartans of Victory 2.0. It was me and Fa and Lance Kruger. So Spartans of Victory 2.0. So now that we've set the record straight for all those facts, hope you enjoyed this podcast and please listen to upcoming podcasts and go on Apple iTunes and subscribe. And now you can leave ratings and comments. That's a new feature since this podcast has been going for a while. So that really helps if you can uh, rate it. This is Pierre signing off from Pierre, Pierre Pressure Pierre, Podcast. Pierre, 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 Thank Pierre, you. Pierre, Pierre, Goodbye. Pierre.